I'll see you in court, said the arrogant bastard. COVID-19 gives the coup de grace to the craft beer industry. The pioneer of sour beer in Oregon has been sold. This is It's All Beer, Pantsless Edition. Welcome to It's All Beer. If the entire world is the Titanic right now, we are the musicians that are stoically playing as they slowly slide into icy oblivion. Instead of playing a classic screen quartet piece, however, we're just bitching about beer. I'm Jeremy Jones. <laughs> I'm Tyler Zimmerman. Uh, if you're, everybody's wondering why uh, uh, Tyler sounds weird, like he's not in the room, um, it's because we are being good now, and he isn't. Uh, I am now, for the first time alone, uh, in the now properly quarantined uh, uh, writer's cave, and uh, Tyler is uh, in somewhere else in the city. Yeah, I'm sitting in the extra bedroom of my house, uh, communicating through you, uh, through video messaging. So it's a it, it's a marvelous world we're living in. So yeah, uh, uh, Tyler's going to sound worse for this, and we apologize. But to be honest, he doesn't sound much worse than he normally does. That is, if you're tuning in for the first time, how he really sounds, just with a little extra static. <laughs> <laughs> so Tyler, what do we give drink? me that raspy vo- voice like Coach Ogeron? <laughs> uh, so funny story. We were since so since we were. Uh, we're recording separately. We both went ahead and just grabbed a beer uh, to record with, and we both picked the same one, which I thought was quite nice. Tyler, what are we drinking? We are drinking uh, Barley Brown's Palette Jack out of a 12-ounce can the first time ever. Uh, this was this hit this week, and it was huge. Um, we've got, we ended up starting with like three cases that our little bottle shop. Um, and by reference, like three cases is roughly a quarter of our weekly sales. If we're lucky, um, we, we sold them in 48 hours and we're working on more. <laughs> so <laughs> this is people needed a miracle. Um, I guess in this day and age. And so Barley Brown said, you know what? We can provide it. We'll can some shit. Yeah, and this is part of the reason I chose this beer is because it kind of ties into one of the articles we're going to be talking about today. All right, well, I think we should probably get into it. Okay, so in the most exciting news we have this week, uh, we have another hit on the Deadpool really just burying my no one's going to sell prediction. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you were close. I mean, I think I, I think if you were, uh, if it wasn't for the month of January, so far you'd be doing pretty good. Um, yeah, you, you, you'd be going like you're like we're in April. Come on, just nobody. Um, but it it happened. <laughs> I, and I'm also feeling kind of bad. The lately the Deadpool is feeling like an actual Deadpool. Like <laughs> I'm suddenly like, oh shit. I mean, we were talking. This was this was kind of an amusing way for us to uh, to to illustrate how many people are being swallowed up by bigger breweries, not how many people are actually uh, losing their business. Going to go bankrupt? Yeah, that was a little darker than we had anticipated when we came up with this. But there you have it. But this this is not that. Uh, Cascade Brewing, a fixture of the Portland, Oregon brew scene and one of the pioneers in the reemergence of sour beers, has been sold to a group of four local investors. Yeah, it looks like the local investors are proven vets of the brewery and 
beer industry. Uh, it's Mark Becker, Ramey Mount, Brian Kovac, and Greg Laird from the press release that I'm looking at on thenewschool.com. Uh, um, little bit of... Oh, go ahead, Jeremy. Go ahead. I was just going to say a little bit of backstory if people aren't familiar with Cascade. Uh, they're based out of Portland, Oregon. Um, they were founded in 1998, uh, started switching over to sour beer production in 2006, and have been kind of the cream of the crop kind of in the Northwest, in my opinion, of barrel-aged sour beers ranging from, you know, a 14% like barrel-aged, bourbon barrel-aged dark sour to some more lighter sours and they do some crazy flavors uh for the longest time we're just in the 750 milliliter bottles uh i think recently they may have changed package size but i can't remember jeremy can you confirm uh they have recently started doing uh 500 milliliter bottles yes okay yeah um, and they're mostly and mostly uh, so looks like so they could line price. Um, I mean, right now, like some of their it looked like they moved some of their uh, some of the uh, more expensive of their lineup into smaller bottles so they could be roughly the same price as their larger ones. And, you know, it's still it, it looks good. Yeah, I was going to say, and by bumping to the smaller format as well, it's a lot easier for someone to try, especially sour beers where there's so many people who are gun shy going into it. If you move into that smaller price point, it's a lot easier to stomach a $12, 16 ounce bottle than it is a $30, 750 milliliter bottle. Well, that's, th I mean, they, they lowered their prices a couple of years ago. And so actually like with the exception of some of the, some of their things are like, you end up with like a $30, um, uh, 700 for the milliliter, but, um, a lot of them are like $15 for either, which is, I mean, it's pricey, but not out of the range of, it's a nice bottle, but not insanely nice. Yeah. And it's to get that person who's just walking through a specialty bottle shop or grocery store and sees that bottle. They're a little more easy to pick up at a lower price point or a small package format. It's less risk. Exactly. Um, and the interesting, you met, you kind of hit upon that the sour program didn't begin in 2006. Uh, I was kind of digging around. I found an old article from Vine Pair last year um, where, he, where the, um, uh, the owner, Art Lawrence, uh, was quoted as, as saying, uh, uh, in the beginning, we were definitely a little lost, uh, having a sort of identity crisis. Uh, we followed the trends of ales and lagers as everyone else did at the time, but we really didn't know who we were. And I found that interesting um, that they, it took, I mean, the, better part of a decade um before they i mean before they even hit upon the idea of not only doing sours but then i mean featuring sours and doing i think exclusively sours because i don't think as of now they really do much in the way of like your standard ales or what have you yeah they may just for like their restaurant and pub but i've never seen anything besides sours for out of them um, and the interesting thing is, um, and that, that was brought on by the former head brewer, uh, Ron Gansberg. Um, he seemed to be the force that brought Cascade uh, onto the forefront of the Sour Reawakening. Um, he had a strong wine background. And so they, when they started the, uh, uh, 
he he brought that and they started the first major barrel aging program in Oregon along with blending programs. Uh, they used a house culture of lactobacillus and combined those with Pacific Northwest fruits to create something rather unique at the time in the beer world. Um, they are currently available in 37 states, Canada, Europe, Japan, South Damn. Korea, and Taiwan. Um, which Damn. I didn't know their footprint was. Well, I mean, it sort of makes sense because talk about beer that travels well, right? Um, yeah. But the flip side of this um, is apparently uh, Cascade has run into some not terribly great times as of late. Um, it's uh, uh, according to uh, that same Vine Pair article, uh, they have a capacity uh, for 5,000 barrels. But uh, the latest numbers that came down, these are from 2018, show they just they made just shy of 2,000 barrels. So they are running at as of 2000 okay. as of 2018, they're running at less than half capacity. Um, yeah, and I but th- the margins on that product are there. I mean, I think the you're, no, you're right. I think the margin on the product. Well, you got you, there's two sides to that. I mean, number one. Uh, the extensive aging that they do, and it takes these are these are true sours. These aren't uh, you know like uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, 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 sours you'll usually find at the supermarket. Uh, kettle sours. Um, Tyler can tell you all about kettle sours, can't you? Hey, uh, Jeremy, get bent. <laughs> is that is, is that is that a, a a sore spot for you, Tyler? I, I figure I, fi- I figure you could tell everybody how kettle sours work <laughs> okay so uh there's two different types of sours one's a kettle sour it's typically done in a lot shorter amount of time compared to your traditional sour that takes 12 to 18 months in a barrel souring uh the kettle sour is you w- to do your brew day just like you normally would except after you mash out you don't bring it up to a boil you keep it at about 120 degrees, add your lactobacillus uh, to eat the sugars, checking it every couple days to see when the it reaches the optimal pH, usually about 3.5 pH is what you're shooting for, 3.4. Um, Once it is done at that point, you then bring it up to a boil, kill off the bad bacteria of the lactobacillus pitch your brewer's yeast it eats the sugar uh and creates alcohol now what jeremy's referencing is uh my first time trying to do it on a homebrew setup i overshot the lactobacillus and there wasn't any sugar left for the yeast to eat to produce alcohol literally none uh he he was actually doing it at the homebrew store where we I think I don't know if, if you if you were still working there or if you had moved on, but I was still working there. But we still were both working there. Um, he uh, he had me take a gravity of the uh, of this was the the after he had pitched the lactobacillus for a few days, uh, had me take the gravity, and I'm like looking at it going, uh, Tyler, there's no sugar left in this. He's like, what? I'm like, your gravity is one. For and for the record, one is the gravity of pure water. <laughs> he had made or any liquid with no solids in it he had basically made a uh a a a, a very um uh, um uh, 
He basically made lactic acid. He made he had the shiniest uh, 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 copper coils and kettle after that brew. <laughs> yeah, it really cleaned it out. But so anyway, but that so the 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 reason for us getting that into into that uh, in the first place was um, that is like a quick. So you could take a cheap shot at me first. So I could take a pot shot at Tyler because it's just fun. He gets so angry, and now he's and now he's too far away to hit me. Um, uh, those but a kettle sour is a way for a major brewery to like turn them over on the same brew schedule as just about every other style. A true sour takes six months upwards a year or more um, aging in photos or in barrels to achieve the same thing. So, I mean, what the downside of what Cascade got is has is the fact that they don't see a profit on what they are brewing for at least, I would say, six months, if not a year. Yeah, which also seeing that they didn't start this till 2006, I can only imagine like the panic they were going through in 08 when the recession hit. Oh, and, they're... and just being like, what did we just get into? <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to offer a high, uh, a high quality product during a time when nobody got no money. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what, if, if, if they if the sours were kind of a one off thing at the time, or if they were going all in, because I'm guessing during that they were still kind of they still had like the regular offerings of a tap room, but or maybe that's when sours just came out in a big bad way. But um, but yeah. Anyway, so that's kind of the history of uh, Cascade Brewing. Um, it's going to uh, uh, the like Tyler already said, the investors who picked up Cascade already own Flyboy Brewing out of Lake Oswego, and one of them co-founded Parallel Forty Five Brewing in Independence, Oregon, last year. So, uh, a decent pedigree. These are veterans. Yeah, and it looks like Lawrence is gonna. He's retiring, but he's sticking around in an advisory role at least during the transition and the existing production team and pub management are going to remain in place. Um, and he's actually, uh, 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 Art Lawrence, um, is kind of fascinating by himself. Um, he actually co-founded Portland brewing back in 1986, uh, and then started the Oregon Brewers Festival in uh, 1987, which is one of the larger uh, beer festivals in the region. Um, so he was also a veteran uh, going into uh, when he started Cascade Brewing. Um, he is going to continue running the Oregon Brewers Festival, which of, as of this recording is still on July 22nd through 25th. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> 20 bucks says it doesn't happen. <laughs> I, I give it like a 50% chance. I don't know. We'll have to see what the, what things are like come uh, come July or June or anything else. Speaking of which, <clears throat> all right, Brewpocalypse news now. Um, most every state um, has kind of, of, of some sort of lockdown order. Um, draft beer is all but dead now, which is hitting the craft brew industry particularly hard, as CNN reported earlier this week. Um, this is uh, uh, by Alicia Wallace of CNN Business. And you know shit's gone real south when we have to start quoting CNN. Yeah. Um, we've been... So leading up to the... You know, all of last year, we, we were talking a lot about how things are getting kind of... They're getting rough in the industry before the apocalypse. Um, 
there was over the last decade there's been a fivefold increase in the amount of breweries entering this essentially the same um they're entering the same uh uh playing field but um i mean the wild craft beer as a whole has been growing it is uh, it, it's not so much that there's that it's that there's that much more market for all these breweries, which has left a lot of larger breweries um, left with uh, empty tanks and huge debts, and smaller breweries with themselves paying for uh, uh, for space in high traffic area, or paying for the premium for rent in high traffic areas. Um, yeah, and in. T- 2019 alone, 300 breweries uh, in the nation shut their doors for good. Well, I think that'll be higher this year. You think? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, but it was sort of kind of fine because the brew pub was evolving. The idea of craft beer was evolving as into kind of a like a like a neighborhood fixture. Um, it it was like the gathering place where. You know, especially with a lot of uh, states having laws like Idaho's, where you could bring children into a brewery, uh, it became not only a just a place to go have a beer. It became a meeting place for families, meeting place for events. It really was kind of the you know the true idea of a public house, um, in the old sense of the word. Um, yeah, and uh, another big thing is for a lot of those small breweries. Yeah, you are paying more for rent. But if you have a full tap room, that's where you make your best margin. Exactly. Yeah. And um, so then this happened. Um, like any other part of the service or hospitality industry, craft breweries have resorted to large scale layoffs and ended up cutting their workforce down to a handful of people so they can stay open at all. Um, the article talks about I'm going to. I don't know who, what the hell the name of this brewery is supposed to be, but Cloephus Quealy out of San, Le- San Leandro, California. Um, they're calling it quits because nobody can pronounce their name. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, it, they, after, uh, after sealing, after seeing a uh, uh, sales drop leading up until this point, they decided to just go ahead and sell off everything, uh, give everything they could, everything they could to their seven remaining employees and just kind of walk away. Um, and then one of the stranger stories that come out of all this, uh, Tyler, do you remember, uh, do you remember the, one of the first stories we did? It was actually the, uh, uh, one of the trailers, uh, for that we began this uh, podcast with the, uh, uh, a brewery open for how many months? Oh, it was like sixty days or something like that. Uh, right, it, yeah. I, it it angered me because it was so short of an amount of time. Well, we've got a new uh, we, we've we've got a new leader in uh, a brewery open for the shortest amount of time. Um, oh, fuck me! This actually came out of uh uh. 5280.com and by Douglas Brown. Um, and it's sort of the same, but not quite. I still submit it's a, uh, it is a, uh, um, an entry for this. Ska Brewing was all set to open their new brew distillery in Boulder, Colorado, Boulder, Colorado, doubling the size of their company. Um, they had an ambitious plan combining a menu with Ska Brewing as well as distilled spirits from Peach Street Distillers, uh, both open, both uh, owned by the same owner, uh, Dave Thribido. 
Uh, they opened on Monday, yeah. March 16th, and then shut down 71 minutes later when Governor Jared Polis shut down the restaurants and bars. So 71 minutes, top that. Uh, that's not a company collapsing, Phil. Because it is yet. still tied with Ska Brewing, and Ska Brewing's in business. So I'm going to take the win off of technicality. <laughs> well, but on the other hand... Oh, no, you lose. Huh? You lose. <laughs> I said I'm taking the win. But you but they're not I mean there's always a chance that they will they will go under and so and therefore the the their brewery will have only been open for a grand total of 71 minutes even though it's tied to a brewery open much longer than that. Their tap room or a satellite location was only open 71 minutes. I will give you that. But it is not a company collapsing in 60 days. <laughs> but the sheer speed, you got to respect that. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and of course, but I mean, the, the. And also, why the fuck did they open? They had to have seen that closure coming. I imagine it was kind of one of those things where they're like, well, this is probably not going to happen, but. On the other hand, we don't want to, I mean, we've already planned this far ahead. Do we just maybe go with it? I don't know. Yeah, maybe let's just do it and hope for the best. And the best lasted, you know, a little over an hour. Same with Jeremy. Hey, I can stay on a full eight seconds. <laughs> um. But the real story is, I mean, like you kind of mentioned, the the vast majority of you know what uh, what a brewery makes uh, comes from on premise sales, usually about seventy percent, um, and that's pretty much all but dead, or at least severely cut back. Um, a lot of breweries and tap rooms are are being able to survive this uh, by offering growlers and cans to go, which um, I'm. I, you may be hitting upon in, in what you're talking about soon, but, um, you know, for example, this is creating some strange, uh, ba strange problems in other parts of it. For example, uh, a company that is, that supplies a good amount of the 32 ounce crowlers. And these are the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the can version of a growler that usually holds about two pints. Uh, they've had such so many orders that they, that they are now on back order. Um, and this is interesting. All right, Tavor, you you're familiar with them? Yes. Um, I think it's the, I think it's the website probably just behind AshleyMadison.com, responsible for most divorces in this country, if I had to guess. <laughs> uh, hey, Ashley Madison was fine until they got hacked. <laughs> I wouldn't say they were fine, but. <laughs> That didn't help. They weren't causing a lot of divorces. <laughs> um, Tavor, other than a, uh, is not a website that helps you cheat on your spouse. It is actually a website that specializes in online orders um, for uh, hard to find beers, and they have possibly and you're going to pay for it. And yeah, well, they they specialize in like hard to find um, special release uh, beers from some of the top breweries in the country. Um, and they have been absolutely inundated with calls from breweries desperate to offload some beer that's basically sitting around in kegs, not going anywhere. 
there's also a report that uh, um, like a, a good a good portion of them are have gone to making hand sanitizer. Um, they point to one brewery out of Huntsville, Alabama, Yellow Hammer Brewing, that has is uh, is basically gone to making hand sanitizer for like hospitals and other like major um, uh, other major um, uh, users of uh, of that uh, the kind of institutions that need large quantities of it. Yeah, I know Edge Brewing locally has made their own hand sanitizer now. Um, and then I know there's a bunch of distilleries around the country doing the hand sanitizer, uh, including Cognac uh, here locally. I mean, it's it seems strange to me that, I mean, you're looking at your equipment right now when people are home and bored and going, nope. We don't need booze. We'll just we'll just convert this to hand sanitizer. And it's, I mean, people still need booze. There's a reason that liquor stores and beer, wine, are have been deemed essential in basically every state in the United States right now. I mean, you don't want people bored and 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 sober. That's how revolutions start. <laughs> uh, but to kind of tie into this, uh, Vine Pair put out an article. Uh, where they asked 24 brewers, how is your brewery finding a path forward during COVID-19? And the answers kind of range from, you know, launching global beer collaborations to benefit hospitality workers like uh, New Belgium's doing, where they're doing the bar and restaurant relief fund. Um, And uh, Sam Adams just came out saying they're going to donate like a thousand dollars to every like restaurant worker in like Cincinnati or in Ohio to help get people through this that have been laid off. Um, a lot of the breweries on here say they've switched gears to really focus on the off prem. So the grocery side of their wholesale network uh, started doing beer delivery. Basically every state's kind of, just said, yeah, you know all those laws that we used to really enforce? Yeah, we don't care about them right now. Just don't die on us. I, di- I am really, really enjoying the amount of states that are – I mean, and even states in the deep south. Um, Texas, I'm looking in your direction. Um, that recently did it. That have basically just said, fuck it. Just it, – it, it's, it, it'll, it'll keep things going. Yeah, beer delivery is fine. I mean, a week ago, it would have been like that fine red line that would have absolutely crushed uh, civilized society and the people would be dancing in the streets and fornicating. But um, it's it's fine now. It, it really is fine. We will we'll put up with it right now. So, I mean, it's fun how quickly that fell apart. Which is – I'm really curious to see how this all plays out when everything's done because it's really hard to put the tube back in the toothpaste. If customers grow to expect where they can order and get beer delivered to their house and have gotten used to that for a couple of weeks, it's going to be really hard to get that taken away without having pissed off people. Um, I, you know what I would, it might, um, it, it might, uh, uh, come from a couple places. I mean, I think, I think for one, a lot of breweries are not going to want to do that. Just be, I mean, it is a gigantic pain in the ass. So I think a lot of breweries and what have you are going to voluntarily just stop. Um, Not because they have to, just because, you know what? It's a pain in the ass and we don't want to do it. 
Um, maybe a few, a few really enterprising uh, uh, organizations will want to continue, and that's where the fight will come from. But I, I have a feeling just from like watching it play out here locally, talking with other people um, who are doing it, and actually watching uh, my boss uh, swing by the uh, shop two or three times a day and drive all over Helen Creation. Um, you know, uh, it's I. I I think almost voluntarily, I wonder if it just won't go away. Yeah. Uh, my main question is, I know there's a couple services like uh, Drizzly um, that have specialized this in, in this in some states where it was already legal. And so if they start expanding, if this kind of drags on for any length of time and really kind of get a foothold in and then just say, hey, well, we were here already, so we're just going to stay. We're just going um, to keep doing this because, you know, we're, 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 we're making money. Yeah. But, and then other breweries have been really pushing the buy a gift card, come buy merchandise because merchandise is another high margin item for a lot of breweries. Um, and I know there's news outlets, at least here locally, kind of talking about different places to go check out to support that are still doing curbside pickup or delivery um, and with this here, the article kind of gets into some stuff, but most of the stuff, at least that I saw has been most of the breweries and restaurants and that here locally are doing similar stuff. So, but the, the one thing I wanted to bring up was we talked about it when we said what we were drinking, Barley Brown's notoriously didn't want to get into packaging, rightfully sure so there's... there's better margins in draft. I'm pretty sure they swore a blood oath never to do it. But when all of a sudden no one can come into your pub and none of your bars can buy beer anymore, you got to figure out something to do to keep the lights on. And a lot of people in this article were talking about how, and there's several that are like, you know, we're having to lay off employees, which suck. Uh, we're laying them off as quick as they can to, so they can get unemployment so they're not lo- missing rent or anything like that. And they're also, even when they're laying them off, are extending their health insurance benefits. I've seen a couple breweries doing that in this article, which is awesome. And uh, and actually, um, I want to add to this, um, uh, a local brewery here uh, actually made, I want to say, Brewbound uh, last week um, for trying something a little bit different. Um, they were doing the, uh, like, buy a friend a pint or buy or essentially essentially a glorified gift card uh, where you where, where you can uh, uh, buy your friends uh, a pint that is redeemable uh, um, when the uh, tap room. Moment... Yeah. Yeah. Um, they actually, uh, that, that actually went to uh, national, which I'm not, I'm like, I kind of let it, I'm like going, well, I'm not sure how that, how special that is other than it's very specific, but I mean, I, it goes to show that right now it pays to be a little creative. Yeah. That was Payette, wasn't it? That was Payette. Yes. And I know a lot of bars in town locally have like chalkboards up that say, buy a friend of beer. So the next time they come in. If they see their name on the chalkboard, they get a beer that yeah. you've already paid for. So it's kind of just taking that, but moving it to online, uh, moving it online, and then extending it uh, several months until whatever this 
fucking thing blows over so that when you stumble bleary eyed into that tap room in like, you know, three months, you see that 20 people have each bought you a beer and you go, you know what? It is a good day to get absolutely shit hammered for free. <laughs> I am going I'm going to need a wheelbarrow to get out of here and then I'm coming back tomorrow and I shall need a second. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> what I would say anyone listening, if you've heard of any cool ideas that different places have been doing uh just to try to keep afloat during this time, uh reach out to us on social media with some of the ideas that you've seen and uh if we see any cool ones, we'll share it out. Uh but I'm I'm interested to see what people have done. I mean, this is this this industry is notoriously built on like uh, uh, creative, slightly crazed human persons. So I'm <laughs> I mean, the the, the 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 what you're seeing already is interesting. Um, and I mean, obviously, you know, if you already have um, have a, a good presence and package, you're going to be in a better position to weather this. Although, unfortunately, I've already uh, read a couple of articles where what, what is really selling uh, uh, in grocery outlets is the 30-pack and 24-pack of your domestics. And yeah. um, and there's a little bit of question, um, you know, if, if this leads into a recession, what what is the future of craft beer then? Are people going to give up their six-pack of IPA for a 30-rack of Bud Light? Because right now we're just trying to numb feelings, and I don't need hops for that. Yeah, I I would be surprised if craft beer takes a big hit. Because craft, like, BA defined craft beer, I saw, I think Bart Watson tweeted something out. It is up, like, 17% this month. Or for the month of April, it was up 17%. Well, so, and I was reading an and article And that's that- in IRI. Yeah, and I was reading an article where beer itself, having ha- having experienced like a huge trend downward um, for the longest time, we've talked about that. How beer uh, uh, as a product has been like has has had less of a market value. Uh, it shot up uh, late last month. Um, I again another CNN article. I think I, I glossed over says that they they expect it to hit its peak. Right about now, which I'm not exactly sure why, because, I mean, I feel like this whole cooped up and bored shit is just getting started. And, yeah. you know, that while people may get a little bit more disciplined for, uh, uh, against day drinking, I feel like a lot of motherfuckers are going to be inside drinking a lot. Yep. Um, It's, you know... And it's weird because I I find myself still going to work, so I'm <laughs> we're we, we're selling package and doing really well doing it. Yeah, it's it's kind of that odd. Not everyone's at home, but not everyone's at work. It's kind of a really odd time, and I've seen a couple things where it's like if this can be wrapped up by the first of may it'll be rough on small breweries but a lot will pull through it if it lasts past the first of may it's gonna be dire straits for a lot of them 
Um, I mean, there is there is a uh, a, a you know part of the uh, part of the relief bill does is supposed to get uh, be able to grant loans to small businesses, which may or may not help if a if a brewery already is you know up in their eyeballs in debt because they went and uh, and upgraded their uh, their brewery in order to uh, uh, to uh, keep up with demand, only to find themselves sitting on literally a warehouse of kegs that are not going anywhere. Well. Some of those, I think the like the head one of the head person of J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, those small business loans were supposed to start being accepted today, so Friday. Okay. Um, and last night, J.P. Morgan Chase, like the head of it, came out and said, "Yeah, we're not going to be taking those small business loan applications on Friday. Uh, we're going to wait and see." Oh, perfect. And they're one of the lenders for that. And I'm like, oh, this is just going to be a fucking clusterfuck. I'm. I, are, are you saying that the uh, that that our banking institutions are, uh, are 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 going to screw this up? This is my shocked face. You can't see it. Yeah, you can. This is my shocked face. See, and this is why we, as we talked about last week, why Pilot Brewing changing their name to a bank was so goddamn brilliant. <laughs> they're cheeky they're cheeky bastards but they have a point <laughs> they got a big point all right tyler what's next so we've got an update on the stone versus keystone um uh, yes finally <laughs> so <laughs> something i mean some... this court case has been going as long as this podcast which is coming up on a year uh Next week is I was kind of looking at that going, holy shit, we've made it a year, which in podcasting years is like that makes you and me like an old married couple. Oh, damn it. I got to divorce you now. <laughs> you can't. You're stuck in this for life now. It's uh, it's again a year in podcasting years is like 30. So anyway, but yeah, we've been taught. We, I think this was one of the first. I think it was in the episode two or three where where um, uh, the put the key in Keystone thing first started really taking off. But uh, do you want to uh, 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 for those of for those of you assholes that haven't been listening to every podcast we've done and really what is wrong with you, uh, Tyler? You want to you want to bring us up to speed or shall I? Uh, I'll let you bring him up to speed. Fair enough. So um, essentially, the uh, the 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 crux of the argument is. If you go to your supermarket and you see uh, a 30 rack of Keystone, you pick up a can and right across the side of it is stone with key like vaguely there. I mean, you can kind of see it. I don't if I think they still have it on there somewhere, but they call each can a stone. This is a 30 stone pack and um, stone brewing um, out of uh, Escondido, California. Um, decided to take issue with that, uh, worried that their uh, high quality um, uh, and slightly arrogant, uh, uh, arrogantly brewed ales were going to get confused with what is essentially glorified piss water. Um, they uh, they filed a they filed a motion to uh, uh, to uh, 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 to have them essentially make sure you know again put the key in keystone they wanted to make sure that they were using the 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 phrase keystone and not just stone um and that has been going on for the better part of a year and a half or so i think but uh what is the uh latest development so on march 30th of this year uh during this shit storm of the year uh, the federal court overseeing the case 
rejected Miller Coors's motion for summary judgment. Uh, they also granted a partial judgment in Stone's favor, dismissing Keystone's uh, defense that Stone somehow delayed too long in filing its claims. Um, so they're going to a court trial. Uh, really? With this here, the trial. Yep, the trial is now set for October of 2020, where Stone's is seeking to recover Keystone's more than one billion dollars in infringing sales during the period. Holy shit balls. <laughs> the trial of yep. the century if, you know, everybody was us and cared about beer. Where did or you... we survived that long. Uh, there's always that. But, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm curious. Did it say, a, wait, Stone seeking a billion dollars in damages? Yep. How do they figure? They don't, they don't make a billion dollars full stop. But they're claiming that Keystone used Stone's logo to help grab extra sales. So Keystone easily does a billion. Okay, fair. Which, I mean, I'm sure they do. The idea of a billion dollars dollars going to buy Keystone just makes me a little bit sad. But, I mean, college students have disposable income, and there are a lot of them. And they need to get so drunk that they, you know, make bad decisions. It's what they do, but damn. Yeah. So the article on the full pint also just talks about how the court ruled that Stone's claims must proceed to trial and that multiple factors weighed positively in Stone's favor, that the Stone trademark has obtained incontestable status and Stone has a valid and legally protectable mark. Uh, and that a jury could find Miller Coors has been willing, willfully using the plaintiff's mark to suggest a connection between Keystone Light and Stone Brewing product line. And such actions have created confusion and the promotion of Keystone Light and Stone products throughout the marketplace. Uh, Keystone's big defense was, oh, we've used Stone's a long, for a long time before Stone was even a brewery. Uh, and there was a 14-year gap in Keystone's evidence of purported historical use on stones. So that's not helping Miller Coors. That came out, I want to say, was that one of the things that came out last fall or late summer, wasn't it? That I think late summer, yeah. That, that discovery was like, oh, we've always used stone. Yeah, except for this great big gap when you stopped and then Stone Brewery came around. And it don't... Yeah. It, and also, they got in trouble for kind of hiding that, didn't they? Um, yeah, they were hiding some documents and not sending them to Stone's attorneys. And then so the judge hit them with like a couple million dollar fine, I want to say. So not great. Um, I don't know. Tyler, predictions. I think it's kind of a long shot, but I think... I'd have to look to see where this court case is taking place. I'm assuming probably in California. Well, where people are going to sit a little more favorably with Stone. So I think Stone gets this. I don't think Stone gets the full 1 billion. I don't, you know, that's that's probably fair because I think that's highly excessive. Um I guess I I guess I don't know enough about the the the, the legality of this to say who gets to pick the uh who gets to pick the venue, but um, 
I mean, if it does end up in California, then yeah, that does look that looks uh, uh, in Stone's favor. And every part of this has been improbable because I remember when this first started to come out, um, everyone thought it was marketing. Yeah, everybody was. Yeah, everybody was looking at uh, Koch and kind of going, "Oh, you arrogant son of a bitch! You're just doing this as a marketing ploy, and you know, you're just you're. This is this is all just a stunt. And as soon as Miller Coors like brings out their lawyers, you're gonna fold and go away, and we're never gonna hear about this again. But I mean, it's proving remarkably resistant, and and it, the Stone is proving that they, again, against all. Against everyone's assumptions, they've got a bit of a case, and so it yeah, yeah. it's, it's going to be interesting to see actually how this plays out. Now it's going to a, to a jury trial. Dear God, that's going to be amazing. It's jury trial, right? Yes, jury trial. Which I'm like, that would be the one jury duty I'd fucking love to sit on. Um, if you are looking for a couple of guys to sit on that jury, we are completely unbiased. Uh, we will we, we will adjudicate fairly. <laughs> This whole podcast is an example. We'd of be dismissed with cause because of this podcast. <laughs> Only because I've uh, called uh, AB InBev several times giant assholes. I haven't said that about Miller Coors, I don't think, uh, as much. Um, I Yeah, we have. We probably have. Um, um, so, but if you were looking for jurors, um, I'm, I, I'm definitely in. I, would, I, I just want to go to this, actually. We need to... <laughs> I wonder if we can like go and sit in on this. This would be amazing. I hope they live stream this. I want to watch this court case. Ooh, that would be. I mean, that 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 would be good television. Um, yeah. We, I mean, properly distracting and um, yeah, I'm in. All right, somebody get on this. Let's you know, let's OJ Simpson trial this shit. And I mean, we'll probably still be quarantined by then, so. Uh, or, or, or either, or either a re-quarantine. There's always a chance that it like ebbs, and then we all have to go back. Either way, we need the distraction. If, if you care about this country, you will air this live because we need this. I'm just saying, if if this is not like live streamed or on television, then the people who are involved in this hate this country. There, I said it. Well, let's get to some happy news, Jeremy. What you got? <laughs> there is no happiness in Mudville. Uh, Casey Jones <laughs> has struck out, or whatever the fucking poem is. Um, actually, uh, uh, so you're bored and uh, sober? You need a fucking dog news now. Um, Bush beer. Um, speaking of uh, 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 gigantic assholes, uh, this is not one. Of, this is actually them doing something good. Um, uh, Bush Beer is offering a three-month supply of of uh, beer to the to 500 people who adopt or foster a dog from Midwest Animal Rescue in Minnesota. Um, this actually is again from uh, CNN and actually by Alicia Lee again. Um, she's been busy. Um, <laughs> the the the. The uh, the pandemics had a strange uh, effect on uh, on the animal rescue, I guess maybe you call it industry. Um, I mean, for for one thing, um, animal shelters have had to close down um, adoption just to make sure that people are uh, maintaining social distance and not congregating, and you know all the other things that are are absolutely necessary during this time. Um, but actually. Uh, 
animals are still coming in, and actually they're coming in at a slightly higher rate, um, from what I understand, according to a couple of articles, because uh, of sheer batshit stupidity and ignorance. Um, <laughs> no! I, I was shocked. Apparently, there are people walking among us who don't understand facts. So, the, I know. I was shocked, too. Facts are fake news. Facts are fake news. Um, so people are dropping off their the people are dropping off their dogs or, or cats because they either they're laid off and suddenly decide they can't afford a pet, which means you're an asshole and you know whatever. And then there are people who are convinced that their animals will give them the COVID. So or get it. Um, apparently, dogs can. That's the weird thing. Cats are apparently are immune, but dogs can't. It's not nearly as is deadly as it is in humans apparently amounts to a you know a mild cold in dogs but dogs can get it see i've seen the opposite where dogs can't but cats can son of a bitch all right so there are no no facts so no one knows there are no facts anymore let's just hit things with sticks anyway animals are coming in people aren't uh, aren't coming in to adopt either because they can't um and uh as uh, one spokesperson from Bush told People Magazine, um, during these uncertain and lonelier times, people need an escape. Cue the cute puppy memes and photos. But as much as we need those cute puppy pics to help us get us through social distancing, it's actually them who needs us. And cue millions of people all over the world going, aww. Aww. Uh, maybe I'll just throw up like a puppy picture for this just to, you know... Just, just, just to get more, uh, get more likes. People like a puppy. Um, anyway, in order to, uh, in order to be eligible for this, um, you have to adopt or foster a dog through the Midwest Animal Rescue. And after the completing the process, you will receive a confirmation email from the animal shelter, which you should send to Bush through Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram by April twenty fifth. And if you are one of the first 500 people to enter, you will receive a $100 prepaid debit card, which you can then use to buy your three months worth of beer. I want to say two things. Number one, um, I'm not sure if that's a if if that's an underestimation if on how much Bush cost or if they are underestimating how much I could drink. Um, <laughs> a little I, bit of both. I mean, even like shitty domestic beer, I can drink more than a hundred dollars worth in a month i can drink i can drink more than a hundred dollars in a week i have this is a thing i I have and can do they're probably thinking like a 30 pack each week i guess a 30 rack is about 33 dollars but again if i'm properly motivated huh of bush I, I've never, I, I've never bought a thirty it's rack like of Bush. It's like fifteen to twenty. Is it really? I've never bought. Yeah, one. it's like, it's like fifteen bucks a thirty rack at most, like twenty. So that puts you at like you get five. sixty bucks. See, you yeah. Look, okay, I guess five would get me through a couple of months. Oh, who am I kidding? I would, I would drink two of them, decide that it was horse shit, and then you know it would languish with the spend uh, the rest of that prepaid debit card on strippers i mean i was gonna say craft beer but it doesn't say anything that says you can't spend it on strippers so or a mountain of coke so i'm yeah i'm me, me and the dog are getting a getting a hooker and an ounce of blow uh, 
Just make sure he doesn't sneeze on it. <laughs> and and what kind of drug dealer takes fucking prepaid debit cards? <laughs> or stripper, for that matter. You just swipe on her ass cracker. <laughs> the best kind? I mean, yeah, they got a little magnetic strip there now. Haven't you been to a strip club lately? I prefer the dip method, not the swipe. <laughs> Where you just stick the card in and let it sit for a second and then pull it out. Yeah, but that's not sanitary anymore. <laughs> it wasn't sanitary to begin with. Oh, okay. Um, now that the, the three people who are left have that image floating around their head, Tyler, do you have anything to add today? Uh, I do have one thing. Uh, oddly enough, this virus may have turned out the worst for Corona, even though they got a nice uptick in uh, beer sales here uh, when this virus started taking off uh, Mexico has just shut down all their breweries deemed them non-essential um, so they can no longer brew any beer and uh, Constellation Brands only has about 70 days worth of Corona in the United States and so there may be a shortage on Corona in some places in the States uh, so, uh, it's Interesting you say that. I found this article in Brewbound. I didn't bring it up, but since we were on the subject, um, it from Brewbound it says, uh, you know, they have an article entitled Constellation Brands Does Not Expect Disruption of Corona and Modelo Brands. Um, hold on. Well, let me quickly scan through that. Uh, yeah, it, does, it, it mentions that the Mexican government issued a decree on Tuesday suspending all non-essential operations, including beer manufacturing, to the end of April, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but um, a short, a short moment while Jeremy reads a, a, an article. <laughs> uh, Brewbound did also post an article from Nielsen saying craft beer is expected to lose because of no on-premise sales, 18 million case equivalents. So for those of you who don't know, Case equivalence is how usually breweries reference what they sell through a distributor or in restaurants and that. A case equivalent of a sixth barrel keg, so a five-gallon keg, is two. Uh, a half barrel or 50 liters, usually six case equivalents. So just to put it in fact, breweries in America are going to be down nine million six barrels because of the month of March or in the month of April. Sorry. That's a three month supply. That's, that's a proper three month supply. Um, <laughs> the funny thing is that I was just kind of, I now to be fair, I literally just skimmed this. So I might be missing the missing that, but as near as I can tell, um, basically everything you said is correct, except for constellation disagrees. And when you go, well, where are you going to make your beer? They say, quote, we are taking great care to make sure that we are operating correctly. And I think that will likely be, I think that will likely be respected by the government in Mexico. They have obvious concerns for their entire economy as our co country and has great concerns for our economy to make sure that people are blah, 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 blah. And so in short, it seems like uh, constellations official response to this is like, yeah, we'll be fine. So yeah. that's, interesting um and constellation is not known for great decisions um if you uh if you uh, uh need a refresher on that uh please go back and check out our uh ballast point blues and ballast point blues part two um to uh 
to understand just the depths of uh, their decision making. But um, yeah, that's interesting. That um, I mean, apparently constellations like that'll eh, be fine. We'll be we'll be fine. We got we 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 got a, enough beer to get through this. But um, well, anyway, so people see all these articles and start stocking up on it like they did toilet paper. Oh, uh, I don't. I'm not sure how I'd feel if uh, uh, people suddenly panic by Corona. I mean, part of me would laugh, <laughs> laugh incessantly. Um, the other part, just uh, pictures. I mean, if listen, it's a vicious cycle. If you sit there and 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 uh, uh, drink really shitty Mexican beer, you're gonna get the beer shits, and that means you're actually gonna be using the toilet paper you stocked up. You may even run out. You'll go panic buy more toilet paper, and you'll then. Go panic, buy more Corona. It it, it ends with you basically shitting, it, sitting in a pile of your own feces up to your neck, going, "I shouldn't have drank all that Corona." Just <laughs> saying, that's what happens. I have proof. That's that's the, that's the end of this. That's that's how this all ends. I feel Jeremy shit himself while drinking Corona one time. <laughs> Who among us hasn't? Anyway, this has uh. been It's All Beer. Um, as always, you can find us uh, on Facebook. Uh, it's All Beer. We have a Twitter account where we post uh, uh, what stories we have dug this up from. You can uh, uh, go review. You can actually read this Corona story. I just kind of skimmed it. Maybe you'll actually, they actually do say why Constellation um, has decided that this is not a problem, but I'm guessing not. Uh, I'll post that up there. Uh, we have an Instagram where you can see how me and Tyler uh, miraculously chose the same beer for this episode. And um, as always, uh, uh, you can get in touch with us if you have a story uh, you uh, want to draw our attention to. Or, as Tyler said, I mean, if you've got something cool about what's happening, what your brewery, what your tap room, what your restaurant, etc., 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 if you're in the craft beer industry and you know your employer is doing something kind of strange kind of cool or just something is happening that's worth uh worth talking about uh let us know you can get a hold of us uh it's all beer at gmail.com and uh yeah if we got a couple of those that'd be uh, uh kind of cool um and as always you can leave us a rating we're on itunes yeah and go yeah and aaron thank you for uh tagging me in that cascade sale article uh, this morning, so I, when I woke up, that's the first thing I saw, and I was like, oh, well, we're talking about this tonight. <laughs> yes, thank you. I mean, we we do get those, and we that's based, we don't want to do the work, so uh, do do our work for us, and then um, that way we just kind of show up, and like, I don't know, what do you want to talk about? Uh, I got this article and this article. It's much easier that way. Anyway, um, I think that'll be all for us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. And um, I'm going to go have a beer all by myself. You can't come. Neither can you. Bye.